Hi, I'm Hannah Sparrow. As a behavior analyst, I'm here to connect the science of behavior to everyday life. Join me as I reveal the secrets of why we do what we do and give you tools for how to change habits. Hey, hey, welcome back. Let's talk about co-parenting without the co. <laughs> we often think of this as separated or single parents, but it can also be when you're living in the same house with someone. We'll talk about that next time. But let's talk about some basics about what do you do when you're co-parenting without the co. And maybe your kid is going back and forth. You could be on a schedule two, two, three. I think there's three, four, three, four, or three, three, four, four. <laughs> I'm going to start spitting digits here. There's a 2255. No, two, yep, 2255. There's all these. And you're like, what are you talking about? I don't know what you're talking about. I'll get to you next week, you know, or next time, whatever this is going to be, and talk to you that don't know about these codes. But those of you that know, you know. And here's the thing. Whatever your schedule is for your kids, you're going to run into some variables that maybe you don't know you're about to walk into because maybe you're transitioning to two households for your child and you don't even know what to expect. Well, let's talk about some of those pieces. I've had to learn them firsthand and I didn't have anybody walking me through this. So let me walk you through it. First of all, when you have a large quantity of transitions like I do, like I tried the week on week off, huh, it was not a great idea for little children because first of all, you don't see them for a whole week and they change a lot. And then it's really hard for your children to go that long without seeing you when they're used to living with both parents all the time. And this is a big transition. So I'm on a 223. Is that what it is? 223. Yeah, it's a 223. I, I get confused. I just, I plug it into my calendar and I literally survive off a color-coded Google calendar. And my daughter, she still doesn't know when she's going to be aware. And I feel so bad about that. I, I hate that. And I've been looking at having visuals to support. Like I would have a big uh, chalkboard and I would color code when she'd be at what house to help her out. I'm just not consistent. That's my, my problem. So you can have visuals to help with transitions. You can have preparations. You can have one thing I found is when my kids come to my house, there's some sort of emotional dysregulation going on and they're off the charts. If I jump straight into, because they come to my house or I pick them up first thing in the morning, usually around nine or earlier, obviously because of work. And they're, they're not like, like I've missed them. I want to see them, but my brain is also like, this is a work day. I got to get stuff done. How do we make this happen? Because it's often in the morning at the beginning of a work day. And I may or may not have a babysitter coming. It, with my really little one, sometimes it's easier. But with my eight-year-old, she has a harder time with the transition. She's one that's a little more rigid. She likes a little more structure, which is not like her mother. <laughs> So I need to accommodate and maybe you're a more structured person. So this is easier, but make sure you don't have them jump into something aversive. Like I thought, oh, you're hungry. Let's make food right away. Often they need food right away, but they need fun. So what I've started doing is literally just taking five minutes and I'm just going to see my kids and love my kids and we can do music or we can do something enjoyable. Often I don't take them outside because that requires like work to get them ready to go out and placing demands right away and telling them what to do is not a good transitional time. They're coming home to another home. They're leaving an environment that's probably not like yours. And in my case, my house is the one that's more structured. When the other house is the fun house, you got to compete. 
And you, you have to do this anyways between school and house and daycare. If your house has more demands, you're gonna have more problem behaviors. It's just automatically the way it works. If school has more demands than you do, school's gonna have more problem behaviors. Whichever place has more demands and more structure of you have to do X, Y, and Z, you're going to have more problem behaviors because our kids don't wanna do things. We don't want to do things sometimes. So being aware of when you're co-parenting, whose house is more fun. Oh, you know, we know who the fun parent is. <laughs> we probably know before the child's born, who's going to be the fun parent. I was not the fun parent because I'm like, oh, this is my responsibility as my child. I love her. And I just, I want to support and him. Yeah, I got two now. I got to remember that. <laughs> Apparently I could do it. Can't do math today. I have two. Um, okay, so being aware of transitions and how difficult they could be for your child. My two-year-old is not a big deal. My eight-year-old, yes, is harder for her. So I do silly time, tickle time, music, like I mentioned earlier. So first things is transitions. How often are they? When do they happen? How do you make it a positive experience for that transition? Even when I transition my daughter from school to me, I show up with food. <laughs> because she's gonna be hangry. She keeps getting in schools where they eat lunch at 11. I don't know about you, but sure, lunch is lovely at 11, but you're starving by two. Then you don't get out of school till three, and like she is just, and so she loves it. I show her up with her favorite sandwich, but that also gives me the green light to embarrass the snot out of her, and I'm like, hey! <laughs> I put my arm out the window, and she gets in the car. I know, I know, it's probably the, the weirdest thing I do as a parent, but I show up with food and I say, I earned it. I earned the right to embarrass you, right? To be the fun mom. She's like, yeah, you give me good food. It's, it's okay. <laughs> and so now she's like, can you make my fancy sandwich? My favorite one. <laughs> and find the simple things. Like she literally just loves the lettuce, tomato, meat, mayonnaise sandwich. That's it. Nothing fantabulous. Just literally sandwiches I eat. <laughs> So I do what the technical term is environmental enrichment. I show up with something she loves to make it fun. And when they come to my house, I try to turn it into something fun to make those transitions easier. Now, I also got on the blacklist because I require homework and cleaning your room. Yeah, my daughter came up with a blacklist and she tells everyone, yeah, I don't love my mom as much because she makes me do homework and clean my room. And I said, girl, when do you expect to do it? She's like, when I'm nine. I want to do it when I'm nine. I'm like, what's this magic thing of nine? I think it's just delay. And for a while I was like, girl, why am I on your blacklist? And yeah, found out because she, she says she doesn't have to do homework. And she talks about the wonderful things at her dad's house. And I just can't compete with some of that. And then finally, one day she goes, you know, you could get on the nice list. And I was like, huh. And I debated it. It was very tempting for a moment because I would love to be on the nice list. <laughs> Who doesn't want to be the favorite parent? Like, even when you live with your partner, you want to be the favorite parent. It's a secret desire of us all. <laughs> but I debated for a moment and I said, you know what? I said, I'm sorry. I don't think I can ever get on the nice list because if I don't have you do your homework and have you clean your room and do all these things that you don't want to do, I failed you as a mother. I'm not really your friend. I love to play you with you. I love you and I want to help you grow into the amazing person that I see in you and you and that you are. But you gotta learn to clean your room and you're kind of required to do homework one way or another. And if you choose to do it at my house and not do it at your dad's house, that's on you. 
So I told her I'm not going to be able to be on that list. And she kind of looked at me ever since then. She's not even mentioned the list because I don't care about getting on it and I don't care who she tells. And you know, it took me a while to get to the point of losing control as a parent to 50% of my child's life experiences. You also lose things like birthdays and things like that, possibly depending on the circumstances. But when you share 50-50 custody, you're giving up 50% of opportunity to influence your child. However, what you can do is you can flip it. You can always flip things, change your perspective, and then you can change your habits. You can flip it and say, I get to have 50% of life with my child, and you do dang well at what you want in that 50%. And what I've started doing for, <laughs> for my daughter, I'm like, there's three things I want you to know that... If you want something you've never had, you got to go do things you've never done. Secondly, you've got to do it even when you're afraid. And third, because you are enough, you are worth showing up for. You are worth doing this. And I've been trying to implement that, or I have been implementing that with my daughter in my life. And I did something. I went on a trip. She had a dream. I, I want to create experiences. Let me backtrack. There was something random recently that was on my bucket list and it was not planned. And I randomly found out that Comic-Con was in town. I've always wanted to go to Comic-Con. I'm like, it'll be great. And I was like, well, it's not planned. I was going to work for nine hours with my children in my house. And that sounds like another horrible memory. And I don't want to make that. I said, screw it. I'm going to work late tonight. going to work the next night. We're going to Comic-Con tomorrow. And I got to create that memory. And then there was another time I was like, I want the memory of taking my kids on my paddleboard. And I went and did it. It was probably the dumbest thing to ever do as one parent with a two-year-old and eight-year-old and my two-year-old's literally crying for me. I'm like, I just want to go out to the water a little bit by myself just for a second. And I did. And he's like, mama, I have a little duckling. He's, he's a little mama's duckling. I know. And there's something to be said about attaching to your daughter versus your son. It's different. Can't explain it. It's still wonderful both ways. It's just different. But I did this trip and I'll, I'll go to this trip. I know this will make the podcast a little bit longer, but you know, you, this story, I love this story. This story is showing how I can parent without a co and create memories and learning opportunities even though I'm by myself. And I want to share it because I want other parents who are in the same boat to know there is possibility and there is opportunity to make a difference. Even if you have a small percent with your kids, it's about showing up and living life the way you want and making it happen no matter what. So growing up, we passed Disney World five times, seriously, five times. And I remember as a child, I don't want to do that to my kid. You know how horrible it is to drive past Disney World and <laughs> my parents were like, look, there it goes. <laughs> and I'm very much of the, the rich dad, poor dad mindset of it's not that we can't, it's how could we? And last year we, we couldn't, we didn't go to Disneyland because my daughter wanted to go with someone. I said, well, let's go in a couple years when your brother's older and then we'll all remember this trip and we can find somebody who's willing to go with us and that way you're not with your uncool mom the whole time. I remember she wanted to drive in a convertible to go visit her friends instead of going to Disneyland. So we were gonna go out of town and I was like, girl, it's just too much money. I can't rent a convertible for you to make your dreams come true. And it just didn't happen. And then this year, I went to South Carolina 
And I said, forget everyone. I'm going to the beach. I'm taking my two kids because I love the beach, love the water, love the sun. I want that memory of my kids at the beach. I'm going to make it happen. So throw it out the window. And you say, oh, but your business is not successful. Why are you spending money on this? And I'm like, I need this memory for my mental health. We're just going to make it happen. How? I don't know. But screw it. You live one, so we're going to make it happen. And then, so... I decided to go to South Carolina, get an Airbnb, and I'm like, last minute, I realized I need a car because I was borrowing family car, and then I, I couldn't. And guess what showed up on the app for where I was renting a car? A convertible. It was white, my favorite color. <laughs> and I was like, how do I do this? I'm a single mom of two kids. My business is not off the ground. Could I rent this for the weekend and make the most epic memory of all time? Took me a long time to decide. As my friends say, you think too much. Well, I was trying to make an important decision here and not throw money around because I wanted to make sure that if I'm going to spend money, let's make it count. I went ahead and did it. You'd be like, what? White convertible with two children? Yes, I did. <laughs> And the AC broke. Side note, I got money back later because the AC broke. And it, yes, it made for an unpleasant experience, but it added to it. And I remember somebody gave me some cash and we were on the trip at one point and my daughter asked for ice cream. And normally I'm like, oh, no, no, no. We got to save our money for, for more important things than ice cream. But it's 90 degrees, no AC on a Monday morning. And we happened to park next to an ice cream shop. And I said, yes, yes, we are going to get ice cream because I have this cash in my pocket for this trip. We're going to do it. And on the drive back, we're sitting in the car and we were talking a little bit. She was all pissed about something like she was mad and she couldn't do something because she was so angry. And I said, you got to do things even when you're angry, even when you're afraid, you need to do it. And I said, you know what? I was afraid to rent this car. I don't normally have these conversations with her because I don't want to share too much. Um, I said, I was afraid to rent this car. I said, I did not know if you would appreciate it. I said, I could have used this money on something else. We could have saved it for anything. But you had said your dream was to drive in a convertible. And I've never read in one either. So, you know, it's like, it's bucket list for two people. I told her, I don't think you'd appreciate it. And she goes, oh, her eyes are really big. Oh, but I do. I said, but I didn't know that. And I said, if you want something you've never done, you got to do things you've never done. And I've never rented a convertible. And I've never spent a little bit extra on a nicer car for you. And I had to do it even though I was afraid. I was afraid you wouldn't appreciate it. But you know what? I decided we are worth it. We are worth spending money on ourselves to create a memory. And you know the one thing you can take through life? It's not stuff. It's your memories. Yes, memory phase. People can be technical with me. But, but in all, all reality, what do we take with us? We take our memories. We don't take our money. We don't take our stuff. We don't even take people. People come and go. We ourselves are the only person that stays with us for the rest of our life is ourself. We should treat and love ourself. But I told her, I decided we were worth it because I because I'm telling her all these three things all the time. And I saw a light bulb go off in her head. And it was worth every stinking penny to be able to live what I've been trying to teach her, even though I only have her half the time. And my half time is not always perfect ever, ever. I screw up all the time. I don't know what the heck I'm doing. Yeah, I'm a behavior analyst. I should know what I'm doing. No, no, I still don't. <laughs> And I'm like, so this happened to you. Is this normal to my other parent friends? And then I realized, oh, I'm not the only one. But to show up, be the parent you want and make that 50%, that 25% of your co, this has no co, you are the parent. 
be the parent, be the hero that your kid will see. And maybe you're on the blacklist right now, but that's probably not forever. If you are true and authentic and you love the snot out of them because they are your littles and you're only little once, make your time count. Thanks for listening to Sparrow. Listen again on Mondays and Fridays for more Behavior Talk. And in the meantime, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. And you can follow me on my socials at Sparrow and HannahSparrow.org. But the most important is I would love to hear your messages because I want to hear what topics you want talked about.